It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Blind Android Users podcast. I'm Warren Carr here on this July the 10th, 2021. In our virtual studios today, some of my friends are not with us today, and so it's just me and Austin piloting this ship. We, however, have some great people joining us today. Austin, how are you? I'm very good. I think what happened is uh, some two, three days back, England won the quarterfinals. And so I think Ed has gone for some vacation to celebrate the win. <laughs> so he's not there with us. He'll be back next week. So. That is what is going on. That's so, Warren, right. how was your 4th of July? <clears throat> the 4th of July was wonderful, and we had a lot of fun. And I thought about posting some of the fireworks to our Telegram group. And uh, maybe I might do that. Today, though, we have in our upcoming segments, of course, Austin is going to be bringing us an announcement. And then in our app category, that is the must-have apps, we will be talking about that Yes, that wonderful topic, and that is printing. Following that will be the segment of the InFocus, and we will be having Shen Lo from SuperSense. In our app of the week, however, I will be demonstrating some app called Daily Babble. Concluding our segments of the week, we will be having our friend Doug Cameron, and that's my favorite segment, and that would be the My Android Journey story. So that's the lineup that we have for you guys. Austin, let's get that baby rolling. How about you tell us a little bit as to what's going on? That will be in our announcement segment. So in this segment of the announcements, we have got one announcement from the show, but a lot of announcements from Google, OnePlus, and all those things. So first, to get... The show announcements, the blindandroidusers.com website will be down for rebuild. We are doing a complete site redesigning and a rebuild. And we will be down for over a month, maybe. The website may be live if the work gets over faster. We do not, we cannot give you a time frame for how much time it will take. But if you go to the website, you can still go to blindandroidusers.com and you will be redirected to the backup site that is blindandroidusers.watsite.io. So there's no change for you. Just the site layout or design may change in the time that we are maintaining the main site. Warren, what do you think about the Google removing play support for Jellybean devices? The news about a Google retiring or sunsetting Jellybean as from the end of August this year, to me, it kind of brings back, you know, uh, bittersweet memories uh, because it kind of bring a tear to my eye because when you look at it, Jelly Bean happened to be a foundational in several ways because number one, it was the very first time that we were able to uh, turn on the device, put on our two fingers down to uh, enable accessibility. You remember that? And so when I still look back on things like Nexus 7 and Nexus 4. I mean, these were the cream of the crop back then. 
And to me, it's like losing an old trusted friend. And I got a tear in my eye just thinking about it. Uh, Austin, you have any fun memories about Jelly Bean? Unfortunately, I never used a Jelly Bean device. I went straight from Android 2.3.6 to Android 4.4, I think. That was that is how I went. So I never got a chance of oh using Jelly Bean. Yeah. You you ought to go get yourself a Jelly Bean <laughs> powered device. No, I'm not kidding. No. <laughs> uh, because, my gosh, how would anyone not experience Jelly Bean? It was major. I mean, it was a major, major turnaround. And it was during Jelly Bean that, you know, we had a lot of things like I talked about the um, accessibility enablement uh, using the two finger hold down and it was during that time as well that we have the le uh, bluetooth uh, support and that actually paved the way for uh, enabling uh, things to work well with watches and things like that uh, so jelly bean definitely we need to go buy some jelly bean i think i have a bag that my wife purchased me of jelly bean i should maybe find it and shake it you know, so our friends will hear what, what Jelly Bean sounds like. <laughs> but, you know, in reality, I think I have a Jelly Bean device sitting somewhere here, and it would be nice to uh, find that. But I have to bring out that Jelly Bean. Listen to this. That's Jelly Bean. I got a bunch of that stuff in the back there just because we are celebrating the departure of a friend and a hero. Goodbye, baby. And now what do you think of OnePlus throttling apps and getting good scores on Geekbench? There I was an uproar once... on our Telegram group. And... There was an uproar, yeah, for sure, because when I posted that on there uh, early this week or, you know, uh, middle of the week, somewhere there, was it Tuesday or Monday, uh, my buddies like Gary kind of went up in arms because of that. And well, the whole idea is not that we're really, uh, that we're really downplaying, uh, what is it? We're downplaying OnePlus, rather, we're just pointing out what is going on because in reality, it's not good to throttle apps. And the only app that it didn't throttle happened to be the Vivaldi um, browser. And I'm kind of beginning to wonder, why didn't they throttle uh, Vivaldi um, browser? But about 300 apps, that's no bueno, man, including system apps for that matter. And I'm kind of wondering if Talkback didn't even fall victim to this thing that OnePlus did. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we, we're not only like blaming OnePlus for this. Tomorrow, if uh, we get news that Google is doing such a thing, definitely we'll post about it. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, if Google were doing that, we would be, you know, up in arms about it as well. So it's not that anyone is putting down OnePlus or anything of that sort, but the whole idea is that it's not good and all in attempt to get a better benchmarking thing, that's no bueno, man. That takes me back to Huawei, when Huawei was using regular DSLR cameras and posting pictures, uh, claiming that these were taken with its uh, cameras on this phone. That's no bueno. Something odd going on. And our listeners will be wondering why we are only discussing a OnePlus on a podcast. Because what is the thing is our, li our lists and our Telegram group, the majority of people have OnePlus device. 
Second is Samsung, then Pixel, and then some have LG and the others. So OnePlus is the majority. So anything happens to OnePlus, we can discuss about it. Now, OnePlus is big, and I'm actually still planning on getting a OnePlus device. But now when I read about the uh, next coming uh, OnePlus Nord 2 uh, 5G, I'm kind of holding back because I was going to get either the OnePlus N10G uh, 5G over the N200. And now I'm like, gosh, I'm going to wait to see this uh, OnePlus Nord 2 5G that's going to be coming with that MediaTek Dimensity uh, 1200, which is going to be putting it up there. But of course, it's a MediaTek uh, chip. So looking at that and all of that, you know, OnePlus is not a bad device. It's just that we don't like that practice. It's not good. And that's all that we're trying to point out here. The date of the launch of OnePlus Nord 2 is confirmed to 22nd July. And Dimensity is not at all a bad CPU. It is it is a top-of-the-line chip. It is equal to Snapdragon 870. So it's not a bad chip. It's not a bad chip. And it's a good one. If one is going to be getting a OnePlus, and I hope that maybe it's priced accordingly because uh, if they kind of take the price and kill it, then uh, it's not going to sell too well. The one thing, though, I don't think that thing is going to be coming to the United States it will probably only be like in places like Europe and India where the Nord was very popular. They kind of threw, threw uh, the uh, low ones out here in the U.S. for some reason, and I'm not sure as to why that is. So that's OnePlus there for us. I hope they launch it at a good price, and I hope they give us many 5G bands because the previous OnePlus 9, which is very expensive, came with only one 5G band, so that is not good not good. So, but we'll see what happens with this particular OnePlus Nord 2. I think it's probably going to be a good device. And if it doesn't wind up being a good device, then we'll all hear about it. But looking forward to what it's going to be bringing to the table. You know how it is that OnePlus likes to uh, tease and tease and tease, you know, put a little, you know, a tidbit about it, you know, like a daily thing until that final day when they finally unveil it. So, Looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table. So last but not the least, one, what do you think about the OnePlus increasing updates? And also we have news about OnePlus merging ColorOS, but not the UI is not going to change so fast. It is going to be at the back end. So they're going to merge their back end code. And OnePlus and the Oppo teams are going to merge and give faster updates. So what do you think of all that? I know that probably some of the OnePlus fans are not kind of happy with the merger, but then, you know, you look at the other side of the coin and then you realize that there's some goodness that comes as a result of this because instead of a two-year update OS updates, you're getting three years of updates OS updates, and then you're getting four of security patches. So I think it's a win-win situation, whichever way you look at it, because uh, that gives OnePlus a better life and all of that. And who would not want to take OS updates? I would take OS updates uh, over anything else, you know, if you leave it up to me. Because for me, I think those OS updates are very important, and most especially with the security patches. Uh, extending it beyond three years to four years, that's a good thing. And 
whether you like the color OS or not, yeah, that's besides the point. We haven't seen it. Have you ever played with a color OS uh, before, uh, Austin? I have played it, played with it for maybe a minute or two, maybe maximum five minutes, and it is really inaccessible. Like everything in color OS is the reverse of Android. Like if you want to pull down the notifications in color OS, you have to swipe two fingers from down to top. So everything is reverse and it's very, I don't know, I didn't like the OS. Now, what I'm thinking though, was that maybe a little while ago or was that recently? Uh, I'm Basically what I'm saying is that it's probable that things have changed uh, over the years or whatever since when you last saw it. Unless, of course, if you just looked at it recently. No, um, I looked at it in 2019. Oh, in 2019? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's not good. Well, I haven't seen any uh, colored OS powered device, so I can't say anything about that. But uh, whichever one it is, I think, though, that those people are aware of accessibility. And I'm not sure that they're just going to throw people under the bus when it comes to accessibility. They're not going to throw anyone under the bus. But for the listeners of the podcast using OnePlus devices, be aware that the UI is not going to change. This is only going to be some back-end code merging. I don't know how it will be. I hope it is good. Because Oxygen OS and the alert slider are the two things that are heart of OnePlus. If OnePlus removes any of the two, major the major is the majority of the heart heart of OnePlus is Oxygen OS. So if OnePlus removes Oxygen OS, then I don't think people are going to buy the phone much. I agree. And most especially, I think those are the two things that drive, you know, OnePlus and the fact that they use top-notch, uh, you know, hardware and, you know, all of that is a big thing for OnePlus. Yeah, of course, they used to be the flagship killer, no more because their prices are up there with everybody as well. So, uh, good luck to OnePlus and looking forward to what they're going to be cooking and hopefully we see some better things coming out of OnePlus and not getting things throttled. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move on to our app category, and that will be printing. So some years ago, when we started all that digital stuff, everyone thought that, hey, you know, we're not going to be printing a lot anymore and things like that. Uh, we're going to be saving the trees and all that good stuff. However, Printing is still with us to this day. Austin, do you do a lot of printing? I don't do printing at home, but I do printing in the office. If I want something to be printed, I go to some cyber cafe and get it printed. But nothing much, nothing much so that I can get a printer at home and worry about all the maintenance, maintaining the toner and this, that and other. So nothing much of printing my side. Yeah, so for me, I do have a printer at home. I have an Epson EcoTank 4550. And uh, having kids at home and things like that, there's certain things that you print. And then on top of that, you know, my wife happens to be an artist. And there are certain things that she prints out when she's trying to draw something and then wants to see how it looks and all that scans it, prints it, whatever. And so we still use the printer a lot in my household. And um, there are times, though, that I myself would print something like a shipping label. I'm returning something and Amazon or whoever sends me a shipping return 
And I just need to print it out and stick it on the box and throw it wherever, have them come pick it up. All of those things keeps the printer running at my house. So but the printer is still part and parcel of us. And so to simplify that process, we have printing services. We used to have the cloud print from Google. Google has stopped that cloud print. And then the different manufacturers, each one will have their own printer and all of that. But then the MOPRIA, that's M-O-P-R-I-A, Printing Alliance, brought all of these printer manufacturers together. And as I speak, I think there are over a million devices that are supported by the MOPRIA print. And so that's something that if you haven't had, one should install it and see if their printer is supported. But I'm optimistic just about every printer out there is supported. And so I'll be showing the uh, MOPRIA print, which is very simple to use, and I want to show you how it works. So I'm going to open up my apps and bring up MOPRIA print. Open MOPRIA print. MOPRIA print, main, MOPRIA print service, getting started. When you open up the app, this is where it places you. It places you in the tutorial and all of that. Use this app to learn how to print from your other apps. Find nearby printers and get help with the Mopria print service in Pager. Use this app to learn how to print okay. from developed by the Mopria Alliance. Okay. Tab selected one of five in list five items. So we've got five tabs of the tutorial. So you can just swipe from left to right to left to move through those tabs. Page two of five. Tap on the share icon, then tap on in Pager. So the whole idea is you tap on something you want to print, long press on it, and then choose to share, and then you choose the Mopria print uh, from the items that show up in the share. Select the printer, page three of five. Tip, if you only see save as PDF, then tap to expand to see any available printers. So on this page, what they're talking about is that you need to choose a printer that you would like to use to print, and that would be whatever printer that you have that is supported by Mopria. Tap the printer icon, page 4 of 5. Tip, you can also change your print options by tapping on the middle arrow. In, in other words, if you want to change whether you want to use different kind of paper and all of that, you could do that. Terms and conditions, page 5 of 5. And this is where we accept all those agreements and all of that or else there's no printing service so let's look at the agreements here and checkbox not checked terms and conditions so i need to accept Check that box not checked checked i have reviewed and accept the following agreements and settings checkbox checked okay license agreement checkbox checked privacy policy Checkbox checked. You can uncheck this if you don't want that. Collection of anonymous Mopria data. Optional. I do not agree. Button. I do not. I agree. Button. I agree. So in other words, these checkboxes are for the uh, different licensing agreements and all of that. The last one is the optional one. That is the collection of um, how your printer performs or, you know, whatever, and you can say, hey, I don't want to agree to that. I do not agree. Then, button. then you need to uncheck it, and here's where you uncheck. Collection of anonymous Mopria data. 
Checkbox checked. So you uncheck this. I'm going to uncheck that to show you that it doesn't affect the functionality. Not checked. So I've unchecked that. And now I agree. I go to agree, basically agreeing to the other things that I checked above. And that would be things like the uh, privacy. They are going to take care of my privacy and all of that. Mapria print service. Print service out of pager. Now that I tapped on agree, I am now on this page. Printers tab selected one of two in list. We've two got items. two tabs here at the top. So we got the printers tab. To the right of that is the how to tab. How to tab two of printers tab selected one of two. So in the printers, it's going to automatically search your network and find your printer. And let's see if it finds mine. Epson ET4550 series 192168. So it sees my Epson there, and that's my printer. And so I have nothing else to do. Now, if it's not seeing your printer, however, at the bottom right corner is a manual configuration where you could tap on the add and manually add your printer. And that means that you have to know all the uh, ports and all of that, that your printer runs through on your Wi-Fi and all of that. And that's this button here at the bottom. Add button, button, out of list. When you Message, tap here Telegram, on add. And Wi-Fi printer, preferred name, edit box. So you give it a name. IP address or host name, edit box. Cancel, button, cancel. And I cancel because it already sees mine. But that's how you go about using the more prayer prints. It's as simple as you can think of. And it's most of the time automatic. Unless something else funny is going on, then you'll have to manually add your printer. Or other than that, your printer is automatically added. And so if you haven't been using more prayer print, and instead using something from your manufacturer or whatever, it's time to probably use something simplistic. And that is the more prayer print. And now that we are done with setting up the device, how about now we do a little quick test on how to go about printing. I will now invoke my file explorer and go find a little message that I sent a little while ago and use it for this testing purpose. Folder, Google, for more folder, file browsers. Skit, folder, solid explorer, solid explorer. I'm going to go down to my documents. DCIM, documents, three items. There was a message that I sent out to my friends on WhatsApp when I was exiting the group. So I will print that particular message. Exiting WhatsApp TXT, 846B, July 8th, 2021, 3 hours, 48 minutes, and 4 seconds p.m., row 3. So I could either long press on this and it will ask me as to what I want to use in opening this. I could choose a Mopra print or I could simply long press on it and choose the share. So it doesn't matter which way you do it, you will wind up at the same place. So I'm going to tap on the document. Open the file using action openers button out of grid. So we're told as to how we want to open this file. I will scroll up. Oh, scroll down rather, and I'm going to find where it says more prayer print. Add to list, our book reader, Bray Chrome Classic Air Coded Cool Recopy 2 Docs. Let's scroll down some more. 
Let's go down to the M's. Kiwi browser Libramin Moonplot Mapria print. Mapria print. Tap here. Allow Mapria print service to access photos and media on your device. Allow button out of list. And here I'm going to tap on allow. Mapria print. Print dialog. This printer isn't available right now. One. Sometimes that would happen because it needs a little bit of time to communicate with it. Now I'll put my finger down to see if it's still unavailable. Drop down list Epson ET4550 series 192168. So there is my printer. And then to the right of that, just below that, is the print button. I'll find that button and tap on it. Print button. Tap. Printing exiting WhatsApp TXT, Epson ET4550 series, Solid Explorer. All right. There goes my printer. Austin, any comments about more prayer print? That is the most simplest step I've ever seen because at least in our office, we used to use the Canon app and the HP app and we had to select a model and this, that and all the other information. But this is very simple. So it's good to learn that there is some app and I can recommend this to our office people. It is very simplistic, and that's one of the reasons why I like it, because like I said, over a million devices are supported, and the tendency is that just about every printer out there is supported. And that's more prayer print. We'll be putting the player URL in our show notes. We now move on to our In Focus segment, and this time I am glad we have some wonderful person that we've been talking with for quite a while now, and that will be... Mr. Shen Lo from SuperSense. Shen, come on, man. Come in here and tell us about SuperSense, what's going on and all of that good stuff. You guys got a lot of things going on, and I am excited that you are with us here today and talking about SuperSense and all that's been developed uh, ever since we had you the last time. Well, Shen, welcome back to Blind Android. It's so good to be podcast, here, man. man. It's so good to... <laughs> I, 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 this is, you know... I really remember this show, like the first time that I was here, like it was just so much fun to the, the energy was so welcoming and open. And it was just so much fun just to sit down and have this conversation the last time. So I'm really excited for this conversation, you know, round number two, this is going to be great. Great. So now, since the last time we had you, we talked about some things that were coming into SuperSense and all of that. And then you were talking about the sales that you guys were going to be having. And I think that thing was supposed to come like during the Easter, somehow something happened. I guess the crucifixion or something kind of bumped it out of the way and we didn't have that sales. <laughs> so and then the you guys... <laughs> When, yeah, when we when we spoke last, we didn't have a date for the sale, you know, so we were just talking about, you know, yeah. all the holidays, you know, Easter, it could be Easter, it could be Valentine's Day, for all we know. I mean, the, the sale could be, the sale could be any day, it could be that, it could be, you know, a quick two day event, or it could be a month and a half long event like we have going now. So it turns out that 
our marketing people decided that a summer sale from mid-June to the end of July would be the best option. So that's what we're going to do, man. That makes that's what's going to happen. That makes sense. And and so we now have that sales going on, which is like a 40% off uh, yep. here in the U.S. That sets it to back down to $60. For those of you that haven't had a subscription to it, this is probably the best time to get it. Unless, of course, Shen puts in a little bit of some Haitian magic or something crazy like that. <laughs> and took in a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> and knock that baby <laughs> down by 10 bucks or whatever. But frankly, um, at $60, which is down from its original price of $100. And we're talking about lifetime subscription here. It's not yes. like an annual thing here. So, uh, Shane, uh, tell us what's going on with SuperSense and all of that sales and when it ends and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So that that sale started on the 15th of June, and it's going to keep rolling through the 31st of July. So you've got until July 31st um, at the time of recording about three more weeks to be able to take advantage of it. And um, we're, we're I'm already talking to our product team about the new stuff that we're going to be adding in SuperSense in coming in the fall and the winter. So now is actually a really good time to buy it because you're getting, you know, all of the stuff that SuperSense has currently, but we're we're recommitting now to adding more stuff, stuff that we've been talking about doing for a long, long time. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun, I think, to put in stuff. Because to me, like, the thing is, stuff, stuff changes a lot, um, a lot more than I would like it to, you know? Um, yeah. The last time I think I was here, the plan was to develop the uh, the column reader i think i think that was our, our our next thing i was actually the whole company we were pretty sure that our column this was we spoke in february right was that when i was yeah, last year uh, i think yeah. it was the whole team was was pretty sure that column reader would be released in march or april um and then you know we we went into the testing phase and we realized this isn't this isn't good enough yet, you know, because if we want to release a feature to the public in SuperSense, we want it to be top notch, you know, the highest quality that that we could possibly get for you. So when we realized it wasn't enough in testing, you know, by then it had been about two months since we put out a feature, and that's you know that's rare for us. We like to drop features pretty often. So we wanted to while we were working on the column reader and improving it, we wanted to put something out that was a little more simple. So. Um, around that point, uh, I don't know if I spoke about it last time, but we, we've got the magnifier in there. That's a new free feature for SuperSense. Um, you can magnify anything that you would like. Also, when we started working on Column Reader, um, when, it, when it went back into development phase, we developed the Scene Describer as well to give people a new feature. And what I love about Scene Describer is that it lets you save pictures and describe those pictures to you. So you can take a picture of a space and the AI will describe that picture to you. And then you can save it and you know what's in the picture. So you can post it to social media. You can put it on you know, Twitter, your Instagram, whatever. You can send it to your mom. You can send it to your friends. Um, I, I think of it as a way for us to, as blind people to be able to take pictures, which I think is really neat. Um, and so in, in terms of new features, that's really what we've been doing with SuperSense. A lot of our development has been focused on a new app opening ourselves up kind of more to the mainstream community um, called Readbit, the new app that we that we just put out a couple of days ago. Um, 
to the public. And Readbit is cool because you know our first two apps, SuperSense, Super LiDAR, um, totally blindness focused, and that's great. Like we've been having a ton of fun on that, um, and we're not going to stop doing that. We're not even going to slow down doing that. Um, but we also wanted to drop a new app called Readbit, which is short for Read Rabbit, by the way, which I really like the name of Read Rabbit. Um, that's for sighted people as well. So blind people can use it, of course, but it's it's geared towards sighted people because it's focused on text to speech. So as blind people, we're really familiar with that. You know, everything that we read, you know, if we don't have enough vision is text converted to speech. Um, but a lot of sighted people actually don't even think of that as an option sometimes. They just forget that that happens. So you come across these cases as a sighted person where you want to read a lot of stuff or you need to read a lot of stuff, but you don't want to, um, you know, it's, it's a strain on the eyes or, you know, it's been a long day already or whatever. So you can scan the text uh, and it will read it to you in TTS. The other cool benefits of that are that you can save that audio. You can save that TTS into a file. So you can save it as MP3 or, you know, whatever you want and then put it on the cloud or export it however you'd like. Um, and then what's, what's really unique about it as well is the summarizer. So, if you don't want to read the whole thing, Readbit will just summarize what you're reading for you so that it, you know, you can get the key points without reading, you know, all sometimes hundred pages. So Shane, you talked about the column reader and all of that. And on our site, that's our mailing list. Our subscribers have been talking about comparing, you know, the uh, super sense with Envision and other OCR packages. Of course, our last week's episode was all about that. No, not our last week. Last two weeks, that's our episode number 29 was all about that OCR package. And we made a comparison of those things. And some of the criteria that we looked at, most especially that we thought are important, have to do with the fact that uh, can X do uh, offline recognition and uh, SuperSense happens to be one of those that does uh, offline recognition, right? In certain features, yes. So the, yeah, the document it, reader, which is the most accurate, uh, you do need a connection for, and the reason for that is because um, we, when we went in to develop the AI that's going to be able to scan this text, it, it, it is super processor heavy so it's so cpu intensive that if we were to actually load that onto your phone the app would a take up a lot of space and b run really slowly so to get that really accurate scan it does have to send it up to the cloud um but we don't store any of that also so people who are thinking about privacy and security we don't store anything that you scan so don't worry about that but yeah unfortunately the document reader will require connection but if you want to just use quick read um, it's not doing any processing whatsoever. It's just spitting out whatever it sees back at you. So there's there's no connection, no hotspot, no Wi-Fi required there. And that's what I discovered. And because I was running it on Android 12, uh, Shane, probably something to look at. It, it kept crashing on my Android 12. And I don't remember. I think I had to resort to uh, Android 11 to give it a fair shake because it would be unfair to uh, compare it you know, when it's not working right on Android 12 a beta 2 at a time. And so 
on our mailing list, people have been talking about that and all of that. And so I'm glad that we're clarifying this, that this would require internet connectivity if you're going to do document scanning. And probably that's why it was crashing on my Android 12, because we were trying to see which ones actually do offline recognition. And so I we crowned the Hopefully lookout. that wouldn't make it crash. <laughs> if you don't have a connection, it shouldn't crash. Um I'll have to look into that. I'm not sure. Um, you know, from, from my perspective, I'd like to say, well, you're using a beta of Android, you know, so it's, it's still in beta. So that, that might be why it's crashing. But honestly, yeah. it, you know, it, it very well could be something on our end. So no. I'll absolutely make a note and I'll, I'll send that over to the developers to take a look. And we'll see um, if there's anything on beta 2 for Android 12 that could be causing you issues. Because we want, we want to make it, sure that everything is working well from... for our Android people. Yeah, I think it was coming from the Android beta 2 that it was having some problem with. And like I said, though, I had to switch back to Android 11, uh, phone on Android 11 uh, to give it a fair shake. And so we talked about that. And so we we wound up uh, crowning uh, Lookout as the king because it does everything offline and uh, based on the criteria that we were using. But then, of course, there are certain things that, you know, uh, SuperSense had uh, going for it or has going for it uh, that puts it elsewhere, you know, uh, rather than uh, at the bottom. And so we kind of talked about that and People, it could be very subjective. You know, what I consider important to me may be not important to someone. But I think that another thing that SuperSense has going for it, and I don't remember, I should have tried. I didn't have one handy. We didn't try the handwritten um, material. I thought it did. Now, correct me if it whether it does or it doesn't, but I'd always had the impression that it does handwritten recognition. Does it do that? Yeah, absolutely. It does. Um, you know, the quality will vary, you know, based on the quality of the handwriting. But, you know, it definitely reads handwritten material better than anything else that I've tried, at least. I haven't tried Lookout, unfortunately. I would really like to try Lookout, but I haven't tried it yet. Um, so, but out of everything that I've tried, uh, SuperSense kills at handwriting. It's really, really good. Yeah, you've got to try Lookout in that way you can see what the competition has. And so, like I said, there are only two that I know on Android. Well, there are some other ones, but I'm talking about the big ones that do handwritten recognition. That would be uh, SuperSense and you guys' rival uh, Envision. So these are the two then that I know for a fact that do that handwritten uh, recognition. And so it's good to have that. And my argument has always been the fact that, hey, you know, just imagine that you're a student and sitting somewhere in a classroom, the teacher lets you uh, capture that uh, chalkboard or whatever. Uh, I think it comes in very handy. So uh, it's something that is overlooked, but in reality, it's a oh, it's very true. important feature Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I should mention is like, we don't have handwriting listed as a feature. It does it automatically. So if you scan any handwriting with a document reader, it'll automatically recognize that it's handwriting and, and you know process it accordingly. So you don't have to select anything specific. It's automatically looking for handwriting for you just to save you that time. That's right. And that's true with the other ones too. So we have this too. And I'm excited that we have it uh, working that way and for people to be able to use. Uh, now, uh, going back to the read rabbit um, or read bit, 
this is something that you guys only have on the Fruitvale zone, the iOS. Uh, Shane, are you going to tell those boys to bring it to Android at some point? Because I think since of it's for excited people as well, it makes sense that you guys extend that to Android as I mean, well. The, the majority of smartphone users in the world are Android users. So it, it only makes sense to put it on Android. I'm definitely going to be talking to those guys about putting it on Android because it's it's the logical thing to do. Another plus, though, that we had for the SuperSense is the fact that um, certain things, even if you're not a paying member, for example, you still have access to things like the quick read and other uh, functions as to the other competition where after seven days you're totally locked out. You can't even uh, sniff the next part of coffee that's next to you. So I think that's a huge plus for you guys, because if someone doesn't have the money to subscribe to uh, whatever uh, subscription model, they can still do some of the mundane things except for the document reader. And if I'm not mistaken, doesn't SuperSense also let one uh, import PDF even if they are not a paying member? Yeah, so if you're if you're using the free version of SuperSense, um, we, we didn't leave you out in the cold. You can use the quick reader. Um, you can import photos and PDFs. Um, you can use the magnifier. And then, of course, you have access to your read history as well. So it stores everything that you scan locally on your device. We don't have access to it. Only you do, um, you know, in case, you know, the app might crash, like on Android 12 beta 2 or, you know, your phone dies or something like that. You can check it out. Anything that you've scanned, you can still save it and share it. It'll still be in your read history. So all that stuff is available even in the free version. If you want like the barcode reader, the document reader, currency, the entire explore screen, like the scene describer that I was talking about earlier and all that stuff, that is what we ask people to pay for. Um, And that's helpful to us because we we need people to pay to help us keep up the, the servers and the costs that we take on to make sure that SuperSense is working well. Great. So I think it's a nice split, you know, for someone that's, uh, you know, doesn't have money or whatever, can't afford it at the time, then, you know, they can still use that. And it comes in handy. And most especially if all that one is missing is just like the barcode reader, currency, and the document reader. But uh, the general use is, is there for the main things, you know, you want to do something really quick, you got that mail and you want to look at who's sending you that mail or if that mail is yours, if you live with someone else, you want to make sure you're not opening uh, someone else's mail or you want to check that. And even in my household, I do that, uh, picking out those that belong to me so that I'm not uh, tearing my wife's mail open, even though she wouldn't mind that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes it's a, yeah. sometimes it's a surprise too, like, like, you know, if you want to surprise your, your partner, you can't go through all the mail because then you'll open up the surprise and they'll get mad and you know, it's, you'll get in trouble doing that opening mail yeah. that you don't that you're not expected. You got to be careful. Uh, yeah. Things like that, you know, it, it comes in handy, especially for me as a blind person. I always can uh, those packages to make sure that, that I'm opening that which belongs to me and not someone else, you know. So that's good. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of times we've seen mail that you know is supposed to go to our neighbors or whatever. You know, we've seen that like you know five or so different times. You know, winding up in our mail. So definitely, this is a lifesaver for any blind person uh, sorting out their mail. 
And so now the read rabbit or read bit, does that, is that a paid app or what is it? So Readbit has some, the, the majority of things that you would have to pay for for Readbit are the premium voices, actually. Um, most of the features you get for free, um, depending on what voice you want. Um, as I as I mentioned, Readbit's more geared toward you know the sighted audience. So a lot of the features that it has aren't super logical for blind users. A lot of blind users won't need you know the uh, the TTS translation. But the benefit there is if you do want that ability to save it as audio or um, summarize, which might be coming to SuperSense. I mean, you never know. We might be putting those in SuperSense later on so that you can um, have all of that rolled into one. So really, Readbit right now is kind of, Readbit just kind of stepped onto the field. It could go in any direction. You know, we could do anything with it. Um, so it's just really cool. Like, it's really exciting to see, like, okay, app number three. Like, we've got a team now. Like, we're, we are experienced. We have a lot of knowledge about development, about marketing, about growth. Like, there's so much now that we know how to do. So it's just cool for us to have app number three in the ring and you know now we're just going to see how people take it and what people think about it and from there move forward based on feedback like we always do you know we take what people want and that's what we do i have some feedback regarding supersense yeah and scene description especially so you said for the scene description it will take the image first and then describe it what i thought could be done is just how we use google camera on a pixel device and it says one face at the center of the screen with so and so and then we take the photo what if it describes the thing first and then we take the photo of that yeah the you absolutely camera you could do it we could do it that way um the reason that the reason that we don't do it that way is because um then it would always be processing so for example the the camera the, the Google cameras is primarily looking for faces if I understand it right so it's easy to track faces but the scene describer is actually looking at the whole room. So um, it's it's looking for, it's identifying furniture, it's identifying people and animals and the lighting conditions of the room and what the room looks like, um, any like patterns or designs. So it will, if it's doing that constantly, it'll drain your battery um, and it'll just make your phone really hot. Um, and it'll also be a lot of feedback. Like you'll be getting a lot of, You'll be hearing a lot of feedback constantly as it's scanning. So that's why it takes. The, that's why you click the button to take the picture, and from there it will it will describe it to you. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And also, you said in the beginning that there'll be some new features coming in the fall or winter. Could you give a little hint of what is coming out for SuperSense at least? Yeah. So I mean, we're gonna revisit the column reader. Um, in, in the fall, for sure. We're also looking at a lot of translations. We're, we're really excited to bring SuperSense to more people speaking more languages. You know, we want to bring it out to a lot more in the, of the European languages, for example. So we're working on lots of localizations. Um, column reader in terms of features, but otherwise, I mean, it's an open book. We have some features in mind that we're kind of pushing around but we haven't really decided officially yet. So if yeah. you have feedback for features that you want, now's the time to throw them in. Well, thank you so much, Shen. This has been wonderful. And again, like I said, 
We are so thankful that you were able to drop in by and chat with us today about Absolutely. Uh, Super Sense, and that's the one that we're interested in. Yes. And hopefully, too, that you know, you're there, you'll uh, get those guys to bring Ridbit to um, Android. Absolutely. Can I tell you about one more thing before I go? Oh, absolutely. Can I give you one more piece of news. Um, SuperSense is sponsoring a concert next week on uh, on July fifteenth. That's a Thursday at seven p.m. Eastern time. Um, we we have a free virtual concert happening um, with some blind performers that are really really good. Um, some performers from the Berkeley College of Music in Massachusetts, and then also the headliner. Mr. Andy Timmons, who's a legendary guitar player, um, and we're gonna have a seriously good time. So you can go to our website, supersense.app, to check all that stuff out because I'm I'm really excited. I'm putting on the show, um, and I've always wanted to uh, to organize a concert like this. So we've got Andy Timmons, we've got Question, the rapper and producer, we've got Precious Perez, my fiance, singer songwriter. Um, we have. Just an incredible lineup. So check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great. Wonderful news. And so for people to be able to uh, get to that concert, they need to log on to supersense.app. Uh, yep. Is that something you don't need that an account. Could... You don't need okay. to pay. You don't need an account. You don't need anything. You can just, on July 15th, you'll be able, you'll be able to click the link and just watch it right there. No, no setup required. Nothing. And what time was it again, Shane? It's at, it starts at 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, July 15th. So that's 4 p.m. Pacific, um, yes. 6 p.m. for those of Six you in the central, central time zone. And, 5 uh, Mountain. Yeah. And if midnight you're in the GMT, UK, yeah, there you go. You're yep. maybe midnight. And uh, if you're in India, we're talking about uh, 4.30 in the morning um, on the 16th. So uh, Austin, you want to make sure yeah. you're up there for that concert or I'll be fighting with you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a long show. So... The show is long, so we want people in other time zones to be able to tune in. It'll be at least, you know, it'll be several hours long. You know, each each opener will be playing for about fifteen minutes, and then Andy's got you know a ninety minute set. So we'll be we'll be there for a long time. So if you're in India, you know, you can wake up and have your breakfast with us. It'll be great. Thank you so much. And one last thing about that concert, Shen. Uh, yeah. Would that be archived, you know, just in case someone was not able to yes. uh, join? Yes, it'll be on our and... YouTube channel. So you'll be able okay. to watch it uh, from from our website or, you, or you'll be able to search it on YouTube. It'll be called SuperSense Presents Live. Um, you know, it'll have featuring Andy Timmons, Precious Perez, Question, etc. All of these, all of these incredible artists that we're going to be playing. So really, really excited. It's going to be streaming and high quality audio high quality video everything is going to be totally live um no no recording in advance or pre-recording and and things like that it's going to be completely live um you can send in your feedback through you know our, our social media super sense ai and um talk and make requests and it's just it's just going to be a great time i'm seriously really excited for it well, great. So, in other words, though, people could go to that supersense.app or could actually even go to the YouTube and uh, log on to you guys' YouTube channel and also be able to watch it from there, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Good. Well, thank you so much again, Shane. Let's come and let's go ahead and do this again one of these days. And this time, you're not going to be alone, but you're going to bring that uh, squeeze of yours along, shall we? 
<laughs> yeah, remind me. I'll bring her in. You'll see her on the concert Absolutely. next week. She, she She'll be on the concert to. if you want to see Precious, yeah, my she's fiance. Got, she's got to come with you one of these days when we have you back on here. Yeah, uh, she. Just... you know, it'll be really fun actually to do, to do that because she worked for this company before I did. That's how I got this job. Um, uh-huh. She left. She had to leave um, and then um, con- connected me with, with the company. So um, that would actually be really cool to do like a retrospective version uh, of the, to talk about the, how the company used to be and how it is now to bring Precious on. So whenever, yeah, so, whenever you'd yeah, like let, us to come back, her, let's bring let her, me know. Uh, most especially if that column reader or whatever comes back to uh, SuperSense or, you know, you guys work out all the kinks and all of that uh, sometime yeah. in the fall or toward the end of the year, uh, you just shoot me a little note, man, and I'll have you guys back on here uh, with the pretty one. How about we? That would be great. Let's do it. <laughs> thank you so much for all thank your kindness. Thank you so all much. Your we appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. You guys much. are incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, bro. Thank you so much. That has been a wonderful segment, hasn't it? Yeah, it was a very nice interview. And if if anyone wants to recap what happened previously, Shane had come to our podcast on episode nine. So we will have the show. We'll have the link for that interview from our YouTube channel in the show notes so that if people want, they can go and listen to the previous interview so that they can see how the app has gone from the previous chat to this chat. Great. Thank you for that, Austin. We now move on to an app of the week. In the app of the week, I'll be talking about an app called Daily Babel, B-A-B-E-L. I will now sermon Daily Babel. Open Daily Babel. Daily Babel. Daily Babel. View menu button. When you launch the app, the first thing that happens is that you're landed on the top left corner where it says View Menu. To the right of that, that's to the right edge, we have More Options. Now, below there, we have the categories, and the categories include things like Word of the Day, Today in History. Let's go through those. Word of the Day, Crabber, One Who Catches Crabs, Two of Sixteen, Enlist, Sixteen Items. Below that, Today in History, Isaac Newton receives his M, a from Trinity College, Cambridge, July 7th, 1668, 3 of 16. Below that, Random fact, when Alexander Bell invented the telephone, he had three missed calls from Chuck Norris, 4 of 16. I'm going to scroll up a little bit, or scroll down a little bit, see the last... Showing la- items 3 to 6. The last categories. Quote of the day, no one ever went broke underestimating the taste of the American public. Menken, Hill, 5 of 16. Let's scroll down one more. Famous birthday, Joseph Marie Jacquard invented the programmable loom, July 7th, 1752, 6 of 16. One more, I think. Showing item, national holiday, national strawberry Sunday day, July 7th, 2021, 7 of 16. And that is the last category. Now, if you keep scrolling, then you'll get these facts or this history or this word of the day for the other days. So in other words, if you keep scrolling, you'll get word of the day for July 5th, July 4th, July uh, 3rd, and on and on with their corresponding card of the day or today in history, all of that. 
Now let's go back up to the top now and tell you a little bit more about the app and uh, describe of some of the layouts. Now, below each of those categories are four buttons, and these buttons include the following. The first one on the left edge corner says, Favorite Babel switch not checked. And then to the right of that, Open sharing button. Open sharing to the right. Open image editor button. Open image editor and one final one. Search Babel on web button. Search Babel on web. Now, you would think that checking the favorite or make favorite would add this to your favorites, but it doesn't. And I wonder what's going on. Now, besides those buttons, now to the right of each of the category is something that says Babel settings. So, for instance, if I touch where it talks about word of the day. Word of the day, crabber, one who catches crabs. If I move my finger to the right edge of the phone right there, I'm going to find something that says daily Babel setting. Babel settings button. Oh, Babel setting. Tapping here. Pop-up window. Read aloud in list. We have two items. The first is read aloud and the second is copy text. Copy text. Now, if I tap on read aloud. Read aloud. Crabber. Daily Babel. So I see it cuts it off for some reason. It starts to read and then the screen reader comes in. I think what the developer needs to do is to make it possible to have a different TTS engine read that uh, read aloud. And I haven't figured out how to make that work. Now, let's go back to the top left now and find our view menu. In other words, when you go back to the top left corner and tap on that view menu, you could switch to each of those categories from there. So for instance, let's go back up here. View menu, but menu. And in there, you have those categories. Word of the day. Word of the day. Famous birthday. Famous birthdays. Today in history. Quote of the day. Random facts. National holidays. Favorites. And favorites. If I tap on favorites, we're not going to find anything in there because we haven't added anything to the favorites. And I'm going to show you how you add something to the favorites. Let's go ahead now and tap on favorites and you'll see that there will be nothing showing here. Not checked. Daily Babble favorites. Daily Babble. Alert. No favorites at this time. No favorites at this time. So I'm going to go back. I am now back to the main UI. And to add something to the favorites, what you want to do is first open that um, category. So, for instance, let's say I want to add Word of the day, crabber, one who catches crabs, two of 16, enlist 16 items. If I want to add word of the day to my favorites, what I need to do is tap here. Go back, go back, button, out of list. I tap on word of the day and now I am on a screen that has the word of the day. Crabber. All right. One who catches crabs. Now, if I want to add it to my favorites, all I need to do is go down to the bottom and find a checkbox that says favorites. Checkbox not checked. Let's take a look at that bottom part, shall we? On the left, we've got favorite babble switch not checked. To the right of that, open sharing button. And one more to the right. Open image editor button. 
Search Babylon Web button. And search Babylon Web. Now, if I want to add the word of the day to my favorites, that's what we want to do. What I need to do now is to tap that checkbox on the left that talks about favorites. Favorite Babel switch not checked. Tap here. On. Now that I have checked it. Favorite Babel switch checked. Let's go back. Daily Babel. If I go back to the view menu found on the top left corner. View menu button. And, and then I go down and tab on Favorites. Watch. Favorites. Not checked. Daily Babble Favorites. Daily Babble. Now here I am in the Favorites. Word of the day. Crabber. One who catches crabs. One of two. Enlist. Two items. Alert. No more favorites to load. Two of two. And no more favorites to load. And that's my favorites right there. Now if I want to take this out of my favorites... If I want to take out that word of the day out of my favorites, what I need to do, though, is do this. Now, I go back to the main menu. We cannot undo the favorites from here. In other words, we cannot undo the favorites from where I went and took us to the favorites. We went back to the main UI where we have the categories. And now, I want to go uncheck or undo that favorites. I will now Tap on Word of the Day from the main category UI. Word of the Day, Crabber, one who catches crabs, two of 16, enlist 16 items. Tap here. Go back, go back, button, one who catches crabber. And now at the bottom, I'm going to find that checkbox that is checked for the favorites, and I will tap that to uncheck it. Favorite Babel, switch checked. Tap. Off. And I have taken it off my favorites. Daily. Now, if I go back to the view menu and go down and tap on favorites, I would be told that I don't have any favorites. Let's go ahead now and tap on that view menu found on the top left corner and go tap on favorites. View menu, but menu. Now I'll go down and tap on favorites. Favorites. Not checked. Daily Babble Favorites. Daily Babble. And here's what I'll be told. Alert. No favorites at this time. No favorites at this time. And that's because I have taken it off. The last Daily thing we Babble. want to take a look at is that more options that was found on the top right corner. Let's go ahead now and take a look at that and see what that does. View more options button. And that will be the view more options. View more options button. Pop-up window, settings, and list. When I tap on that, we have settings. Suggestions. Suggestions. And those are the two items. Let's go now to the settings. Settings. Tap here. And here are the items that we find in the settings. Enable text-to-speech. Switch on. Enable text-to-speech. And that's the part that should have been able to read that for me. And that's, I've enabled the text-to-speech. Next. Enable notifications. Switch off. Enable notifications. Backup slash restore. Change log. Settings. And that will be your daily babble. B-A-B-E-L. And now we move to our next segment. And this indeed 
is my most favorite segment, and that is the Android Journey Story. And today we have our friend with us, Doc Cameron. Doc, welcome again, and we are ready to hear your Android Journey Story. Awesome. Thank you. So much like almost every VI in this lovely continent, I was initially introduced into iOS as being the most accessible, in quotations, device up there. Well, I got tired of that in about 2013, 2014, and switched over to um, the Samsung, I think that was the Galaxy S5 when it first released, running the awesome version of KitKat, which still to this day makes me hungry. <laughs> but basically from that point forward, I've been obsessed with Android because it's completely adjustable to whatever I want. And I've found it to be more accessible in most areas than Apple's ecosystem. So like whether you're using different applications or um, just simply want to connect with, say, a smartwatch, you don't have to now rely on the iPhone. Unfortunately, in Canada, it's more recognized that the iPhone is the accessible route. And, well, I skew that because I've gone from the S5 up to the Note 5 with Samsung. And I've even tested out the BlackBerry Priv when it first came out, which was running either Android 5 or 6 with the 6-inch screen as slide-out keyboard, which to this day I still wish I could have because it was amazing to type on. After that, I ended up, due to necessity, fell back into the Apple ecosystem where I still was not happy. So I wrote it back into Samsung and grabbed the Note 9 when it came out. Loved that phone, but there was issues with the camera, which would cause the stupid thing to vibrate and nobody would warrant it. Now I'm running on a Pixel and living in the pure Google ecosystem, and I definitely prefer it. It's more, more what I would need in a phone, even though having the SD card ability would be nice. I don't find it a necessity anymore. Basically, I've hit that point where I despise the Apple ecosystem and will promote Android as far as I can, whether it's to people who are newly visually impaired or through the website that I'm working on as a resource guide. Android is probably just the better system to go with because it's not only accessible, but it's affordable. And for many people in the vision loss world in North America, especially affordability is a huge consideration when going to a phone because not everybody can afford the $600 up front for an iPhone. So I look at it for me going, Android's both everything I need. I can customize it to absolutely no end, but it's also accessible and it's insanely affordable. So moving through the world of Android has been a bit of a, an interesting one 
because we also don't have some of the same apps that I was used to on iOS. It took apps like KNFB Reader a while to merge into the Android ecosystem. We really didn't have amazing GPS apps when I first moved over that were easily locatable. I had to hunt. I had to rely on Google, which at the time was the best thing around for me. But since then, I've found, oddly enough, a fairly simple app, which is Get There, which does GPS pretty much all over the world, running off of the old school platform of MapQuest. So when you look at, say, iOS, the biggest push right now is uh, BlindSquare. They brag about having the intent to move to Android. I'm kind of glad they aren't because there's really no benefit to their particular application. Given the fact that Android has so many more GPS applications that are completely accessible out of the box, I've actually encountered a number of situations where the Android application is in some cases more accessible than an iOS counterpart. So the longer I go, oh, working within the Android ecosystem, the more I find new features, new abilities, and in some cases, new toys to test out and play with because, you know, it's just a bigger platform. And that was actually part of the reasoning behind me going and getting an Android watch um, used to test out and realized, hey, this is amazing. I love it. Let's look at getting a better one in the next few months. That way I can, you know, demo a different version of Android Wear, a newer device, check out newer features. Or in some cases, I've been watching for an Android watch that runs full stock Android. So for me, it's just the platform is better. It's more sophisticated and it's more adaptable. Yeah, that's basically my adventures in the Android world. Hey, Doug, you know what? You should be my assistant. I am the Android <laughs> evangelist, and I, I, I can't, <laughs> I don't see anyone more passionate about Android <laughs> than you. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no reason why you shouldn't be my assistant in uh, trying to convert <laughs> the unsaved. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I try because you know it's well. <laughs> I'm even looking at getting like Chromebooks and doing what I can to basically move away from Windows just because the ecosystem is better. That's right. That, that's really interesting. You know, you mentioned some of the things there. Um, uh, you had to go back to the Fruitvale land for a little bit and all of that, and then back again. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned that idea about the SD card not being present on the Google Pixel. And, you know, I happen to be one of those that kind of bemoan <laughs> the lack of the SD card. And I know a lot of people have kind of thought that I was crazy, cuckoo, for wanting an SD card. But for me, though, one of the things that I like about having an SD card there is 
that ability to store things that I wouldn't necessarily want to be storing on my internal storage on my phone. So therefore, having that access to an SD card is a great thing. But well, we get used to it, don't we? Exactly. Like not having it. Yeah. I kind of just decided, you know, pay for extra storage on Google Drive and yeah. basically hot swap. So keeping if it's something like documents, well, that can stay in my Google Drive. There's no need for it to be on my hard storage. Thank you so much, uh, Doc. You know, as I always say, this is my most favorite part of the podcast, and that's the Android journey story. And we truly appreciate you coming out to uh, tell your story, and hopefully it inspires someone else to come on to Android. And now that you are the official assistant of the Android evangelist. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for that wonderful Android journey story, Doug. And we encourage you guys to also send in your recordings so you could come on live like Doug has. And we always want to hear those stories from you guys. And now we are about to conclude our episode and we would like to have you guys know how to get hold of us. And so, Austin, would you give our friends a way of contacting us and all that info that they need? So to contact us, they can to listen to our podcast episodes and to read guides that we have published. They can visit us on our website, blindandroidusers.com. They can view our YouTube channel. There are lots of videos there, over 200 videos of podcasts, short segments of the shows, some extra contents, and then there are more coming. So you can view that. They can You can subscribe to our mailing list by sending in an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. If you have any questions regarding the podcast or any comments, feedback, or you want to come in live or anything, you can contact us by sending in an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. The links to join our Telegram group and follow us on Twitter and join the club where we are going to have the CSR Q&A in some days announced on the mailing list. We will have that. So to join us there, please read the show notes. And you you should read the show notes because a lot of information is given there in the show notes, lots of links and other things. So that is it from us this week. And I hope our crew members are back next week. Thank you so much, Austin. And to you listeners out there, we say adios. Goodbye.